so Michelle, mm. just just dump an article in my lap. Just dump an article in my lap oh, and no. expect me to come up with something. Not just an article. It was probably one of the most exciting articles, I would imagine. It was a very thrilling article, actually. It was an article about a young lady by the name of uh, Tina Kordrastami. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is in an Australian-Iranian national who yep. is currently, basically, she was followed home by a heavily tattooed man, like, a long way from, yep. like, North Ride to DY via Dremoyne. Interesting way to go. But yeah. basically, she got heavily harassed by this guy, and you sent this to me and went, what do we do? What do we think about this? Holy crap. Thank you. I've been down a rabbit hole for the last four days. Yeah, I mean, I just like to read articles and then you like to spend days in a bunker. Yeah, in a deep bunker. diving on it. Is that true? Did that really happen? Well, it really happened, right? Okay. This poor woman pulls up in a garage to get some food. Um, by well, the way, Tina, don't get food from a garage. Now, she is an activist. She actually ran for the Greens in the recent election. She's a, an architect. Young woman gets followed around this service station by this guy mm-hmm. who then tries to get in her car with her and then tails her all the way to the Harbour Bridge before she then got rid of it. Right? It's opened an exceptionally large can of worms that is a major concern to intelligence services in democratic countries around the world. Yep. You ready for this two-word term that's going to rock your world? Okay, try me. Transnational repression. Now, that's not me going, I'm not going to wear a dress. Okay. Transnational repression is authoritarian governments. Well, uh, why, don't, why don't we get stuck into it in a minute? Oh, okay. Take a breath, David. I'm so excited. I know. I'm like, <laughs> just, just give, it, give it a moment. Give it a moment. <sighs> okay. You're listening to I Spy, the bootload of guns of Australian intelligence. Oh, I, I, I thought you asked for a boat full of goons. No, I wanted a bootload of guns. A bootload of guns. Oh, okay. Uh, hey, uh, have some goon. Okay. Look out, there's a goon over there who wants to hit you. I'll get a gun. I'm in a boot. Or am I in a boat? I'm You're in sure. a boat. I'm sinking. Hello and welcome to I Spied. My name's Michelle Stevenson. I'm here with David Callan. And look, I did kind of start David off on an exciting an exciting little trip down whatever rabbit hole. I have been around down. the world. I know you've been around the world, and not only that, well, metaphorically around the world, because we That's all know I mean. that you haven't left your little bunker That's of exactly, um, sadness. It's very much like it was when I used to work for ASIO. It's like I people said, "Did you travel the world when you worked for ASIO?" No, because the world came to me. Now I, I did manage to get him to take a breath, which is really <laughs> really hard at this point in time. So it all started with Australia foiling an Iranian surveillance plot and how we vowed to bring foreign interference into the light. Yeah, now this is a different, that was a different plot that ASIO foiled. The, the one, Tina Kordostami, mm. that was a different one. Right. That was been a more recent one. The one that was foiled was last year. It was Masha Gina Amini. Yep. She's an Iranian national. She's only 22 years old. She's been, she was being surveilled by the Iranian government. Yeah. family were being researched. So they're being docked, you know, all this sort of stuff going on. ASIO got word of it, shut it down. I also like how this story, when I found this story, it was on the Daily Mail. So if something's made the Daily Mail, yeah. you know it's it's really something that everyday people are really concerned about. Yeah. Well, to be perfectly honest, whenever I see it's in the Daily Mail, I then have to do – And this vet was the, this was the problem. I vetted <laughs> it. And as soon as I vetted it, it suddenly all of these cases started popping up around the yep. world. Yep. Now, transnational repression is essentially an authoritarian government reaching beyond its borders to harass dissidents and activists that are critical of their government. Right, and I would imagine that that would happen quite a bit. Well, the thing is, it's 
It's not an old thing. No. Be, like one of the most famous ones of history would be Stalin killing Trotsky with an ice pick in Mexico City. Yes, that's what we call international Cluedo. And also, <laughs> I think the irony of killing someone in Mexico City, a very hot place with an ice pick, a very cold tool, is something to be looked at. But Very basic instinct. Very ba- oh, yeah, very, yeah. Sharon Stone did it. <laughs> 100%. Well, Michael Douglas sat there going, just cross your legs, lady. Yeah. Uh, now, the whole thing is this has begun to boil up badly. Mm. All right. In fact, the FBI in the United States believe we're at an inflection point for this. One thing that's going on is we've got a lot more. We, we do have a lot more authoritarian governments. But the thing is, the countries involved in this, some of them would be the usual suspects of the people mm. you expect. So Russia, China, Iran, of course, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, Ethiopia, Turkey, Rwanda, Rwanda. This is a big story. Okay. Cambodia, Uzbekistan, Belarus, Thailand, Vietnam. It's like, holy crap, people, stop interfering with people overseas or mm. outside your country. But they're doing it a lot. Now, of course, every government goes, no, don't be silly. We're not doing that. We're good people. <laughs> now, In an English accent. They, they all, yes. That's the language of diplomacy. Yes. English. Hello. How are you? Right. So – what is it? Right, so it's assassination, that, yeah. that which is occurring quite a lot. I mean, the most famous one that we're looking at the moment, the trans, the most famous case of transnational repression okay. was Khashoggi. Yes. Right, the, the assassination of Jamal Khashoggi. Right. So it's assassination, abduction and rendition. Mm-hmm. So rendition is where you take someone from a country, you take them somewhere else. Creating false conferences is a way they lure them out. Yep. Again, conferences. Yeah. So basically, stay off LinkedIn and don't go to a conference. Don't go to conferences. Stay off LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't leave the house. Yes. Right. Cooperating regimes, working with cooperating regimes. So what's interesting, and this is a really good point that's been brought up, is particularly with people seeking asylum, mm. a lot of the time the place you want to go won't give you asylum, Australia. Um, <laughs> oh, did I say that out loud? <laughs> so, you know, you go in there saying, look, I'm I, I'm an activist, I'm a dissident, I, I really require asylum from you, Australia, and <laughs> they stick you on a freaking island for decades. Well, do we, I mean, do we, I don't know, do I feel like, no, now we just put you in a hotel, which is actually worse yes. for three years. With no open window. With no open window. Yeah, right. They also do things like mobility control. They make mm. it difficult for you to travel. Now, in doing that, the, the simplest way of doing that is they just cancel your passport. Yeah. And generally what they like to do is they like to cancel your passport while you're in transit. So when you identify yourself as I'm an Iranian national and I've got an Iranian passport. I don't know why it's been cancelled. You're Iranian, yeah, back to Iran with you. Mm. Right. So what? that's why people, dissidents, want asylum. They need to get a document so they can travel without being caught in the trap of their own country. Yep. There's physical threats, not just to the subject of the targeting, but also their family, their family outside the country. But also, if you've got family at home, it can get really, really nasty. Mm. Right. Now, because we started with two Iranian cases, let's look at Iran and how it works. All right, let's be honest. Iran is an authoritarian, despotic, theolo- uh, theocratic nation. And essentially, the intelligence service's main job is to keep the government in power. Right. Now, the group that will be doing it, there is the Ministry of Intelligence, which is supposedly the biggest intelligence agency within the Iranian government. They have 16. The other one is the Iranian Republican Guard Corps. Now, mm-hmm. that is kind of like the hardcore military side of the theocracy, but also they have a, an organization within it called Quds, 
Q-U-D-S. Yep. Now, CUDS is essentially their version. It's kind of an analog of the CIA and JSOC, Joint uh, Special Operations Command in the United States. They do all of the external stuff, right? So that it's likely that it's CUDS that are using this transnational repression to quell any dissent in yes. their country. Well, because Iran's going through another kind of, you know, they've got the morality police coming back in. They're having like real issues controlling Mm. the population. And what's interesting with Iran is like a lot of people fled Iran. A lot of people. Yes. Like about, we're talking in the 80s, probably late 70s. A lot of people fled Iran and went to America or came to Australia. So, but what's interesting now is you've got the younger generations who don't agree with the kind of authoritarian regime but they're not fleeing the country as much. Well, they want. here's the thing about Iran. Iran at one point, most of its population was under the age of 25. Mm. After the Iran-Iraq war, they had a, yep. for want of a better uh, thing, they had a real big baby burn, right? The people that were coming home just wanted to breed. Funny that. Yeah. You know, I've, I've just been stuck being shot at by Iraqi soldiers yeah. for the last eight Let's years. Let's celebrate life with life. I want a shag, <laughs> right? So they had this incredibly young population. Yep. When you're a young person, you don't want to leave your country. I no. mean, you want to, particularly if you're very strident and you're very nationalistic. And yep. when I say nationalistic, I don't mean in a fascistic kind of way. It's like, I love my country and I want, to be, I want it to be better. Interestingly enough, with the whole thing, with the hijabs, how the women have been taking their hijabs off and yep. the morality police have kind of pulled back from that, they've now got a new tactic. The number one online marketing company in Iran, mm. I can't remember the name of it. I'll just look it up. It's an e-com company. And essentially what happened was they published some pictures online of people working in their company. Mm. And some of the women in it weren't wearing hijabs in the yes. pictures. They they weren't wearing hijabs in the, you know, those typical corporate shots of a boardroom and everyone sitting there looking at someone doing a PowerPoint presentation. Some of the women in that room were not wearing hijabs. They shut the company down. The big, It's essentially Amazon for Iran because so Iran- crazy. Right, so they shut it down. Now, it's still working online, but their headquarters building has been shuttered. Mm. Right, So this is the way they're doing it now. Instead of going, we're going to go individuals, we're just going to make it inconvenient for everybody if you don't wear it and hijab. So this is the thing that you've got to deal with with Iran. Iran is one of these countries that is ex- exceedingly far-reaching with yep. its, its repression. Now, interestingly enough, between 2014, this is like, by the way, the word transnational repression, the phrase was coined by a sociologist in 2016, a woman by the name of Dana Moss, because she was basically saying, we've got to come up with a term to express this export of authoritarianism. Yeah, which would have been going on for years and years and years and years. Yeah, but it not to the extent that it is now. Right, so between 2014 and 2020... I, well, I wonder why that is. Because we've got more authoritarian regimes and they've got more tools to work with. Right. right? Just to give you a stat, mm. between 2014 and mm. 2021, 735 incidents of governments physically targeting dissidents abroad, so that's assassination, assault, deportation, rendition. That's just the physical attacks, all yep. right? 735 in seven years. That's a lot of lot of incidences of people being attacked by governments. That is only the stuff that's been reported. Mm. And according to most people working in this field, they're saying that that's the tip of the iceberg. And now we've got, of course, with 
cyber, they're really upping their game because they're they're harassing you online. Yeah, they're gathering your data. They're fo- they're falsifying data. They're interfering with you. They're phishing. There's, but oh, what's it, what's in it for them? They get to control the narrative in their country. Right. right. They get to stop. But if someone from leaves, if someone leaves and they're they're just living their own their own life, why why do you need to? All right. Here's a great example. Belarus. Right. In 2021, Belarus, mm. that tiny little country that yep. is basically si- Russia, sitting there. No, well, no, no, no. Don't say that about Belarus. Belarus is currently playing both angles. They're 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 sort of like going, "Hey, Poland, well, you're." They cool. also missed out on an invitation to the Olympics in Queensland because oh. they are Russia's friend. Yeah, no. And they're also going, "Hey, Russia, we're cool, aren't we?" They're they're trying to play it both ways. But the interesting thing is, in 2021. Right, and this was post the the twenty twenty election, mm. where there were a lot of demonstrations in Belarus, anti the result of the election. What happened was Belarus became the worst offender in twenty twenty one. Thirty one percent of all transnational repression acts was attributed to Belarus. Now, what they used to do was they just kick them out. If they didn't like a dissident, they'd boot them. Mm. The problem is again with the internet. I can now, from a, a safe distance, what used to be a safe distance, still send my critique, my dissent into the country. So what they've done now is they've turned around and gone, no, 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 we're going to kick you out, then we're going to hunt you down. right? So a great example was a Ryanair flight on its way to Lithuania mm. was forced to land after Belarus authorities reported a bomb on board. As soon as the plane landed, they went, oh, sorry, there's no bomb, but we'll take that blogger and his girlfriend who are dissidents off the plane. They've never been seen since. It's so so crazy. This is what's going on. Now, Turkey have become involved. Turkey used to be a real haven for Uyghurs. Mm. Now, China is heavily involved in this. There's a lot of cases that the Chinese have been accused of. Of course, like any government, oh, no, it wasn't us. Of yes, course, the Chinese speak like that. They've basically everyone's denying it. But a really interesting example was let me find. And this also comes down to what they, the tools they use. Have you heard of a red notice from Interpol? No. Right. Oh, uh, yes. Right. So there's a movie called Red Notice. Red Notice. Right. Yeah. So um, Australian <laughs> government like, with Helen Mirren, I believe, probably, and Bruce no, Willis. That, no, that's red. Isn't that's that? retired, extremely dangerous. Oh, okay, right. That, that's, <laughs> they're all ex-killers for intelligence. Yeah. By the way, both red movies, fantastic. <laughs> that's uh, what I thought. They're yeah, really, really they good. They are like lots them. of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Particularly watching Bruce Willis trying to be a gentle killer, trying to grow an avocado. Anyway. No, right. there, oh, there is a movie, Red Notice. Call See, Red Notice. I was, there is a book. It actually Not ha- it ha- No, it has Ryan Reynolds, Dwayne Johnson, and Gal Gadot. Oh, okay. Right. And it's really, really good. I've seen it. My, my son loves it as well, and they're doing a second version. Oh. Anyway, Red Notice. Right. So red a Red Notice, notice <laughs> is basically a government will turn around to Interpol and say, hey, David Callan's been really naughty, and we want you to arrest him when he yeah. appears on somebody's border. Right? Yep. So it's a great way of picking someone up at a border or, or at any you know, international transfer point. So essentially you send out a red notice saying this guy is wanted in our country for the following reasons. Yep. They get picked up and then they get deport- you get deported. Right. Now, the example was Idris Hassan, who is a Uyghur activist who was living in Turkey. Now, he flew to – Why was he a Uyghur activist? He's a Uyghur who left China because he was – With that activist. name? Yeah. Idris Hassan, you mm. do understand the Uyghurs are Muslim, don't you? 
Yeah, I know, but like I didn't think they had like Muslim names. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Of course in China. Do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That again. Now, again, this is one of the reasons why well, people. That's a, that's a, that's one way of really getting noticed in China. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. When your name's Muhammad, you've you've got a problem. <laughs> yeah, you really do. Yeah. What's your name, <laughs> Mo Cheng? Right. Yeah. So he travelled to Morocco. He landed at yeah. Casablanca. There was a red notice. He was arrested. Right. Now. Interpol took one look at the red notice and went, hang on, this is bullshit. No. Yeah, because what was the red notice? The red notice was for terrorism. He was wanted in China for terrorism. Yeah. So what happened was he was held, he was arrested in Casablanca, Mm. put in prison, Mm. detained in prison. It went to court. Interpol turned around and went, this red notice is false. We do not agree with it. We do not support it. We're cancelling it. There's no crime to be answered. But But China turned around to Morocco and went, we really would like him back anyway. He's still in prison. What? He's still being head. How held. how long? I'm not sure. It's um, I don't have a date on this one, but it's probably 18 months to two years. He's been oh. he's being held in Morocco, uh, in Casablanca. Mm. Now the thing is, they're waiting for the president to sign the deportation notice. The problem is the UN have taken the entire government to court, the Moroccan government to court, saying you are in breach of your duties under the Human Rights Act and also the Asylum Seekers and Refugees Act. Right. But why why do they need to kowtow to China anyway, Morocco? Well, I don't know. Maybe they feel like they want an airport built. Maybe it's part mm. of the Belt and Road Initiative. See, this is the thing. China That's holds that soft, sway. That soft policy. That's, that, well, actually, what they call it now coming out of China is brute diplomacy. Yeah. We've got soft diplomacy. There's this brute diplomacy. You tow the line or we shut you down. Yeah. Right? Now, this is... That, but under the guise of soft. Under the guise of soft. <laughs> the problem was he was, a, he was in Turkey. Turkey basically went, uh, okay, no worries. See ya. They kind of washed their hands of it. Mm. Turkey have now sort of, and it's also Erdogan is becoming quite authoritarian. I mean, the last election and the last attempted coup are examples of this. The whole thing is where Turkey used to be a real haven for these people, now it's not. Mm. And because Turkey are now projecting to get Kurdish dissidents overseas, they're also cooperating with other authoritarian regimes going, you know, that guy you've got living there, can we have him back, please? We'd really like you to send him home Mm. because we don't like him. Now, the reason this is a big thing for Idris Hassan is if, and this is the reason the UN pulled it up, is you are not allowed to send someone back. What's it called? There's a word for it. It's like uh, repose. No, it's not. Anyway, there is a word for it that I can't remember. You're not allowed to send someone back to a country if they're likely to be tortured or put to death. Yeah. And the thing is, if this guy goes back, there's We'll never hear from him again. Highly likely he <laughs> will be tortured. Yeah. So there's that. Now, the other thing that's really important to remember about this one, and this comes to Rwanda, yep. right? the Kagame regime, not a pleasant person. I know, but you don't hear a lot about them. Well, we don't hear a lot about Africa at all. No. It's only probably the most growing it's, I know, but look, it's, it's almost like we don't care about Africa. Well, I think I think we got we got over Africa because we had so much chat about Africa in the 80s. Exactly. Right. Oh, you know, Toto has a lot to answer yeah, for that song. How dare you make me think of Africa, it was, Toto? It was literally Toto's fault. And the rains. Come on. Yes. Get it together. Now, the whole I love thing that is, song, by the way. I think that's does. a great it's song. A beautiful yeah, song. Yeah. So, right, this is the story of Paul Rusesa Bagina. 
Begina. You would have heard this name, Rosessa Begina. Rosessa Begina. Begina. I have heard that name. Yes. And how have you heard it? Um, just now when you said it. <laughs> Hotel Rwanda. <laughs> no, I have heard it. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Paul uh, Rosessa Begina. Gee, I've really practiced that and I got it right. Yeah, right. yeah. I'm glad. Normally you don't. Yeah, Paulie, right? Yeah. Um, Paulie was the guy who Don Cheadle played in Hotel yeah. Rwanda. And it was such a good movie. Great movie, I think. Mm. Did Cheadle get the Academy Award for that? I don't think he might have been nominated. I think he was nominated. Mm. You know what? Paul Rosessa Begina. You know, nominated for an Oscar, uh, at least his character was. Yep. So, right, he is a Belgian citizen mm-hmm. who is a resident of the United States. Again, he's a Belgian citizen, so he cannot have his passport taken from him. Right. He's travelling through the United Arab Emirates. Yep. He gets kidnapped from the airport, so abducted by Rwandan intelligence, put on a Rwanda air flight, which have direct flights from... I think it was Bahrain Airport. I would imagine the Bahrain wouldn't really, like UAE wouldn't really appreciate that. International space. They didn't, right. and, you know, what do you do uh, What do you do post the event? Yeah. So literally he was grabbed at the airport, bundled on an Air Rwanda flight mm. and flown home, where he's now under charges of corruption and terrorism. According to the Kagame government, they have witnesses that said that he forced every, the 1,200 people he saved in the hotel, he forced them all to give them all their money. Uh, right, so he was forcing people to pay. And so... The whole thing is his family and a lot of the people who know him have gone, this is, come on, this is a trumped-up mm. charge. But the problem is he's now home. Yeah, they can't this, do anything about it. Now, this is the thing that's going on. Right. Now, there's a couple of things that we need to do. Now, And as I said, the one other thing that's that's really bothering intelligence services and democratic governments around the world yep. is the fact that they're using proxies. Yeah. Right. I very much doubt, and I think uh, it was Tina Kordrastami who described the guy who was following her as every part of his body was tattooed except his eyes, right? So they're, they're not trying to hide anything. Well, he's not Iranian. The yeah, chance- I, mean, I mean, that day, it doesn't sound Iranian. It sounds like a bikey to me, but like... Exactly, <laughs> yeah. right? Now, here's the thing. There's two things that they use proxies, and the proxies they like to use, in America, there's just been a recent case where... Homeland Security, Mm. like he's still a Homeland Security official, has been pinged for handing over immigration information to China. Uh, A former police detective who's now a private eye who's been pinged for surveilling, stalking and approaching members of the Chinese diaspora Mm. in the United States. Of course, he turned around and said, it's a gig. What's your problem? And it's like, one, you were working for China. So you're now working for a foreign power. You're an agent of a foreign power. You have to declare it. And by the way, you're harassing people, dude. You're not allowed to do this. Right. So they use proxies. The proxies are either officials, they're either private investigators or worse, criminal elements. Yeah. Right. And that, I would say, is what they've done. Again, Iran, when they were approached about it, no no case to answer, nothing to see here. We didn't do anything. Now, what's interesting is there is no law against it. No. Now, this is what's fascinating is in America, I think it was Adam Schiff and 11 Democrats brought a bill to the floor of Congress going, we really need this because this is going on. And the United States and Europe are the two big areas. Well, because how would you police it? Well, this is where we get to. One, first you need a, a legislation to police. Yeah. But, right, one, you've got to inform law enforcement. They've got to be informed. And then you've got to have outreach to the diaspora, whichever mm. nation it is. You've got to out, reach out to these immigrants to say, look, what's going on? Talk to us. Because the whole thing is it's a classic – I think it's a Shakespeare quote. 
well, it's one quote. It's good to kill. And that's not a Shakespeare quote, but it is a quote. It's, yeah. <laughs> Shakespeare didn't write it. Shakespeare didn't write it, but he, if, he, if he thought of it, he would have. Yes. Right. It's always good to kill off a general from time to time because it keeps the others in line. That does not sound Shakespearean. It doesn't. But no. it's 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 that idea that if you put the fear of yes, God into one yes. person, it puts it into it's everybody. It's kind of what Putin does. Yeah. And look, Russia is really big at this. They They're very Shakespearean. It. They're very Shakespearean. <laughs> um, even when it's not a Shakespearean quote, yeah. they like to think it is. Yeah. Now, the whole thing is you've got to reach out to the diaspora and mm. do it. Now, during the first Gulf War, when Saddam Hussein leapt to his feet and went, this is the mother of all battles. I call on Iraqis and Muslims around the world to join the fatwa. No, it wasn't a fatwa. It wasn't a fatwa. The, the, I can't, the mother of all battles, there is a word for it. I yep, can't remember. It's not it fatwa. It's not fatwa. That's just, uh, let's just treat him like shit. But anyway, they basically, he basically said, it's the mother of all battles. Come and join. Yep. The jihad. It was a jihad. A, a jihad. We're having a jihad, guys. Come and join us. I like the sounds of a jihad. ASIO had a really smart idea. What did they do? They just Started up their up. own jihad? No. They, <laughs> they just walked up to everybody's house in oh, yes, Lakemba right. and yes. Tempe and they went, yeah. And everyone went, yeah. And they went, oh, look, this mother of all battles. And funnily enough, everything, pretty much everybody ASIO was like, no, nah, not interested. Went, Dude, we. We left there to get away from that crap, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, Only one guy got involved in it and he was picked up. He actually rang the the Iraqi embassy and went, I've got a bootload of guns. Yeah. I'm coming up to join you in the jihad. To which the Iraqi embassy went, no, don't oh, shut up. Right. Of course, that yeah. line was being tapped. Asia, well, the federal police picked him up on Yarra Glen in Canberra with a bootload, 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 with a boat. Oh my god, are you Canadian? With a bootload of a boatload. I said a bootload. Load. Okay. Okay. <laughs> are we leaving this in? Leave this in. Yeah, Everyone yeah, yeah. needs to know that I'm not perfect. Th- that on, that on Fridays. <laughs> oh yeah, come on weekend. Right. Okay. Um, Boatload. He was stopped bootload. with a bootload Boot. of guns. <laughs> the bootload of boots. Yeah. yeah, that'd be brilliant. Okay, guns. Bootload right. of guns. So this is what happened. Was The big thing was when ASIO reached out to all of these immigrants and mm. went, hey, guys, we don't want any trouble. They went, hey, ASIO, we don't want it either. But the big thing is, is there anyone here you're worried about? And it was like, oh, yeah, Brad over there. Because that's a very Iraqi name, Brad. Yeah. Um, Brad. That is the most yeah. Iraqi yeah. name I've ever heard. El Brad over there. Yeah. He's, he's, he's yeah. a bit dodgy. He keeps yeah. ringing the Iraqi embassy and saying he's got a bootload of goons. Um, <laughs> he sounds Canadian, but he's he not. He sounds Canadian. He's got a bootload of goon. I don't know what, <laughs> I don't we're know not what meant he's to saying. Drink. We're, we're, we're I, think he's, I think he's French Canadian. I think he's French Canadian. That's Quebecois. <laughs> Quebecois. Right. So this is the thing. One, we've got to engage with our yes. migrant populations. It's really important. Now, non tolerance of perpetrators and you know, what are we going to do? Sanctions. We've got to legislate. Like, as I was saying, this- Legislate is probably pretty much a good step forward. Well, in Australia, we treat it as foreign interference, which is yeah. legislated. Yeah. But, you know, if you could, you want to- You kind of have to prove it though as well. Yeah. If you want to narrow it down, if you go for something- and Especially look, if they're using a proxy, right? Like, it's yeah. a, it'd be a little bit more difficult to prove that it's foreign interference. Yeah. Now, we have signed the Declaration of Principles to combat- transnational repression. That actually is on the DFAT website, signed by Penny Wong. But one of the things that's really important, and Mm. I'm sorry, this is a black mark against us, is the treatment of asylum seekers. One of the things that- What asylum seekers? We don't have any asylum seekers. (laughs) There are no boats. There are no boats. (laughs) There are no boats. We turned them all back. Right. We did. (laughs) One of the things about the treatment of asylum seekers is giving them temporary 
access to the country. So temporary visas is not a good option because it's very easy to revoke that visa and what happens? You've got to go home. Mm. You've got nowhere else unless you can find another country that will take you. Unfortunately, a lot of the time, the countries that are taking these people are minor authoritarian countries or countries in cooperation with authoritarian countries. So the chances of you being sent back are really, really strong. Now, it's an interesting point, you know, we talk, and I've talked about this a lot where, you know, one of the excuses for not letting asylum seekers come in by a boat was, oh, because they're terrorists. Yeah. Well, that's the dumbest way to get a terrorist in anyone's country because it's too slow and you're likely to be stopped at the border. Where getting a terrorist in on a tourist visa or a business visa or a student visa is a lot bloody easier because they fly in and they're here. Yeah. Right? So that's one of the things we've got to do. We've got to we've got to come up with a better way of treating our asylum seekers. Now, at the moment, we don't have that many asylum seekers because we've scared them all off because basically, for some reason, the, you know, we've had several governments. Um, this is not a partisan issue at all. It's this totally bipartisan all right. mistakes that have been sure. made. <laughs> well, we keep sticking them on bloody islands, right? We, yeah, but I think we're not, we haven't really done that in a while. We haven't really had a lot of instances of... We don't know that simply because, remember... There's no transparency. Operation, you know, we don't talk of on water matters. Yeah, but now we have Labor. Exactly, but you know what? Like that happened when it was the coalition. Look, I don't, I don't think it's happening as much as it was. I don't think either government. Yeah, but I don't think either government really want to address the issue at all, right? And there are some interesting because it's a really, it's a really, really tough issue, and in in some regards, you kind of have to look. I mean, we, I'm a, digressing. Look, look, I think in some regards, look. You you look at what what's going on in Europe and you you see the boatloads of people who perish. Yeah, like and there's yeah. a lot. Yeah. There's a lot. Yeah, and there's people making money off it and it's just a disgusting trade. Oh, it's awful. Whereas here, I'm sure we don't have the best way of dealing with it, but also look at the deaths that we've stopped as well. Ultimately, though, yeah. I just think asylum seeker policy is... Oh, yeah, it needs to be changed. But we also, we can't the, just allow people just to move into Australia. It's we've got to politi- come up with something else. It's the political equivalent of pissing on an electric fence. Yeah. You're not going to win. No one's right? going to win. No one's going to no win in this win. situation. So the whole thing is we've got to... Our intelligence services are actually... They're, they're focusing a lot more on it. And when Burjo came out with the last... Threat assessment and okay. said, yeah, and he said we're busier now than we've ever been before. Yeah, we're bu- like a lot of it is this foreign interference. Yes, because they've become more brazen, right? They like the these authoritarian regimes. Literally, they're playing it as we've got nothing to lose. So we've got to uh, work to curb this kind of foreign interference. Tick tick. We've got to work to curb them. We've also got to work to fix our internal situations, yes. how we deal with these people when they and arrive And just seeing these instances happen is something that I I feel like we haven't really seen before. So it, it definitely does feel like it's something that has ramped up. Yeah, not to this extent. No. It's always happened. There's always mm. been that idea of we can yep. reach across the border and kill him or harass yeah, yeah, her yeah. or make their life unpleasant or force them home. Yeah. But now it's it's expanding with an, under an order of magnitude, okay. and that's the real concern. Okay. Well, let's uh, give Berger a call and uh, try and come up with something. Come up with something else. Oh, look, I'll, I'll get back in my fort and think about it. Yes. Uh, and I'll get that goon out of my boot. The goon out the of the goon boot. The goon out of my boot. <laughs> no, keep the goon in the boot. Ah, uh, the goon in the boot.